Welcome to the Grand X Studios from the new capital of the combat sports world, Austin, Texas. This is the most underrated sports podcast in the fight game. Backdoor cover. I am Dan Regester, and I am joined, as always, with Ross Bowling. Hello, Dan. What's up, man? We're the... We're the, we're the what now? We are the most <laughs> underrated sports podcast in the fight game now. The most underrated sports podcast in the fight game. The fight game. Fighting. Mm-hmm. All right. Good and to know. Good I to am know. also joined, as always, with Dylan Shivery. Hello, Danny. How are you doing? Good. We got a special guest today. Yeah. Is that why you have your Onnit hat on, by the way? I do. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Come prepared. We have, uh, as many of you know, Micah is preparing for an exhibition at Onnit, and we have his uh, his opponent, Sean the Wildman Clements. What's up, man? Uh, how's it going, guys? How you doing? How we Good. How we doing today? Great. <laughs> I'm just hoping there's no uh, like Jim Rome, Jim Everett situation where yeah. you flip the table. Micah is in studio. Yeah, Micah is producing the sitting podcast. across the table from the Fortunately, wild man. Fortunately, this table is enormous. Yeah, I think if you Sean, flip this table. I'm out. So, I don't know. Sean looks like he could probably flip this table. So I if mean, Micah probably. wants to come across the table, he, it's going to take him a serious effort. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I, don't I don't think that's going to happen. Slide across. <laughs> it would Sean shock doesn't me. appear to be too worried. It would shock me if that happened. <laughs> it's too early for that type of violence. Right? Yeah, it's 10 I think o'clock, so, man. It's, yeah. it's Wednesday. It's noon yet. Before we get into the uh, the exhibition. Mike, is it weird for you? Sorry, Dan, to yeah. interrupt. Is it weird for you sitting across sorry. from your uh, opponent? Yes. He says yes. He's, he doesn't have a mic, but he I says yes. I think this yes. is good. The more time you guys spend together, the more, you know, chemistry you can develop. Well, the less inclined Sean would be to do And it. the less inclined Sean will be to actually decapitate Micah, which I feel like is important. It's a serious worry. He's, the produ- he's our producer. We need, you know, we need him to have a head. It's important. That is important. And it's very clear that Micah is not making eye contact right now. He is not looking <laughs> in Sean's direction at all. He, he's, you, know, he, you know what Micah is good at doing? There's shit talking when Sean is not around. That is, that is true. <laughs> he's a good shit talker, man. We have a lot of video footage, actually, that will prove that. I think the best part about little... this podcast, though, is... Have yeah, you, have you been have keeping Mike. up with the video, Sean? I have. I've been watching. So you're aware I've of the Clementine not letting name. my parts be seen as <laughs> they much. Don't, they don't put your parts no, in the no, video? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it wouldn't be as much fun if it was like, uh, you know, just you talking about... How do you, how do you feel about the nickname Clementine? I like that, actually. Um, I've had Clemente. Clementine's a new one, so... It's better than, like, chlamydia. Yeah. yeah. He wants to peel you like a citrus fruit, I think. Is no. That's one of actually, lines. like, a There's serious a lot of layers. Crime. <laughs> Are you like an onion? More than uh, a fruit? More than an onion, yeah. How long have you been fighting? I uh, started fighting back in 2012. I've been, I wrestled throughout high school, played college football and arena football. Um, so I've been an active, like, sports-wise all my life. Where'd you do mm-hmm. arena football? Uh, down in Laredo. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So actually, it was a funny story. I went to, uh, I was living there uh, for a bit because my brother let me come down there. And uh, I actually tried out for arena football team there. Uh, I made training camp and just like for shits and gigs, you were like, oh, I guess I'm no, just I wanted run to out. do it. And I never played oh, okay. college yet, so I just yeah. went down. When I was down there, I did that. Uh, I got onto the uh, like the, the training squad for a little bit to let the coaches like determine who they're going to pick. Right. Came down to the last bit of uh, the end of the two weeks, and uh, the coach asked me if I wanted to stay on the team or go to college, and I was like. Mm, kind of rather go to college <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so from there but the, all the guys on the team weren't from texas at all they were all from like florida or up in really uh jersey or whatnot why is that they were monsters oh <laughs> shit. Okay. yeah they're big guys i was the only white guy on the team oh <laughs> there you go yeah well that's interesting um 
Have you ever participated in an exhibition of this nature before? Exhibition? Uh, no, nah, not too much like that. I guess you'd call it amateur fighting. That. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, <laughs> we've been legally forced to use the term exhibition. Yeah. What is, um, whether or not uh, people want to think it's like a fight or not, we're both wearing headgear, shin guards. Uh, it's being ref that way, so it's not, it's just sparring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so are you instructed to, during the exhibition, to kind of take it easier to, like if you see a knockout opportunity, are you going to take that opportunity? Or uh, <laughs> how real is this going to get is what I'm asking. I mean... You turn it on, you turn it off. So right now it's turned off. So when I get in there, it turns on. So it's a light switch. Please don't. It's like with any sporting activity, you, right? You know, sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna do me, and uh, hopefully Micah stands there. I thought it was an interesting choice to do Muay Thai first, and then Jiu Jitsu, with the pos possibility of like a knockout. Yeah. We might not even get to the Jiu Jitsu round. Yeah, Dan, why don't you explain? What you mean? Well, Muay Thai is kickboxing. Yeah. Okay. And then Jiu Jitsu is kind of like. So Dan's saying that a, a knockout opportunity will come during the kickboxing exhibition portion, which is the opening portion. Yeah. Right. So that's a, that's so we shame. might not get to the second portion. That's a, that's a shame. I hope stage. we do for the for the record. I want to see you know a, a lot of action. Well, yeah, it's maybe TBD. Micah. Well, yeah, Micah just said it's producer TBD. Micah says that maybe we TBD. could change it up. I would because Micah is noted to never had his back taken. So I think like that Except should be you your number one you goal have taken it. going into this is to take Micah's back. Okay, Micah's also never been in a fight, so I don't know why he. That's like a, a point of pride for him. Have uh, you ever been in a fight, Micah? He he's, he doesn't have a microphone. He gave a non-committal shrug, so that means no. Yeah. So guess guess who else has never had their back taken? Me. <laughs> but I've never been in a position to get I, my back taken. You know taken. what? I've never had my back taken. <laughs> it's, it's stupid. <laughs> but to but say. I have been in a fight, but I've never had my back taken. Right. You I can know tell you what that I, used I haven't to do? either. What's that? <laughs> I've never had my back taken. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out nobody in the room has. It's not that nope. important. It's not that rare. <laughs> my, uh, what we and my, me and my little brother used to do, I'm five years older than my brother. And, you know, like when I had hit puberty and he hadn't yet, and we still wanted to beat the shit out of each other, I would put a boxing glove on my left hand only, and he would get one on his right hand, and then, we would, and then I would get on my knees and we would fight. Is there any chance that there could be some kind of handicap here for Micah's sake? Like maybe you go one hand behind the back, maybe you wear a blindfold, something like that. Perhaps he gets to have a weapon. I don't know. Something we need to <laughs> even the playing field in some way. Do we not? This seems He got some nunchucks. Nunchucks? Yeah. That's a dangerous he's gonna knock himself out if you give him nunchucks. <laughs> I, have you ever swung nunchucks around them? Things are fucking dangerous. I have not. I don't know it's, how to, it's chaos. I don't know where to obtain them. nunchucks. I was a big Ninja Turtles guy when I was a little kid. And I played with nunchucks quite a bit. Do you <laughs> have like a samurai sword on your wall, Ross? Fuck no. What? Okay. I can't be trusted with sharp objects like that. No. But to answer that question, I will be wearing 22 ounce gloves. So so that there's your protective barrier. Mm. Thicker gloves. What about Micah's gloves? They're small. 16 ounce. Okay. More regulation. capable of damage. So these are traditional boxing gloves then? Uh, more like... A uh, 22 ounce glove probably would never be. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't wear but those. In like looking fight. at them, they look like boxing gloves because MMA yeah. gloves obviously are a lot smaller. Uh, about MMA, the four ounce. Yeah, four ounce. Four ounces, okay. Uh, Boxing's more eight. 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 So they go from eight to like ten, twelve, depending on like what they 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 come down and do on their contract of what they want to wear and how they're going to go about it. Right. So our contract's 22 and 16. Okay. Right. Pillow of death. I won't be wearing any gloves. <laughs> I won't be wearing any gloves, just for the record. Well, yeah, you'll just be observing. Yeah, I'll just be high in the audience, that's all. 
<laughs> Dan, do you have somewhere to take this? I do. Uh, uh, before I was gonna get into UFC 227 since we have why not a guy that used to fight since, in since we have the wild man here. Yeah, we have the wild man here. The wild uh, man. Did you watch UFC 227? I did. Nice. I did. Uh, so you want to break down like why does Cody Garbrandt like fight TJ Dillashaw like so different? Than everybody else. Yeah, I bet on him. That didn't uh, go well. I can tell you that TJ uh, and him have like there's a big history behind everything. Because I'm noted that I do go out to Team Alpha Mount. I do train out there. Yeah. Uh, Sacramento. In Sacramento. Uh, so like you know, Cody's he's really good. He's really good. Like, but at times you know emotions do get high and uh, flare up. And he's one of those types of people that if you've seen the uh, Ultimate Fighter, like he lets that get to him somewhat and Freaks i guess this time bit. this time around it seemed like uh he had when he when he felt like he had tj hurt he was going to prove it right then and there that he was going to knock him out yeah but it, it might have been like a little too early in the fight <laughs> yeah a little yeah. premature yeah so is it not beneficial to fight angry intense? Uh, I, I i fight calm and collective the whole time most like most of my fights i don't try to go in there with anger same thing when i played football never let anything get to my get to me in the, in a sense that i would play outside my realm Right or do anything that that wouldn't be um, thought through, you know. So, so yeah, it's like a big part is just smart fighting versus just out of control. There's time to turn it on, there's time to turn it off. Like I guess if you do see the killing moment, to go for it. Um, when the other guy is like, we can really sense it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's early in a fight like that, it's kind of hard to say like how hard, how, how much, like how hard you hit him and how much it hurt him. Uh, but I mean. For Cody, it just seems like that's not where he excels. Like some guys, when you go full on wild man with it, that you can you can secure the knockout. The, him opened up like that, like he was. Well, he fought just, completely different. Yeah, like, when he was fought totally, Dominic Cruz, he was co- cool, calm, collected. Right. And then when he fought, whenever he fights TJ, because they're like former partners, yeah, like training partners or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, like no, TJ is so cool. Like, he's snake I mean, in the grass. Once he got that opportunity, he just let go of the whole game plan. It but was all in. I gotta give props knockout. to Cody though. He, he yeah. even though oh, he got knocked sure. out, he's still on his feet. Yeah, um, he didn't go down. But they had Cody with in with either guy, like it was like whoever's gonna touch that button first. Yeah, and, like they both hit hard. They both moved quick. I would say that Cody might be just a little bit faster than TJ. You know, hand speed. He's a much better boxer. But uh, as it comes down to it, like TJ, just, I feel like has a little bit more experience in the ring, a little bit more more technical. Technical. Uh, he's fought some guys that re- are really good. Um, like he got to the top first, and you know, I mean, he he's been there for a little bit, and I think uh, he's actually taking it like a little more serious than he did like when he went to first when he fought against um, Dominic. So that's gonna be interesting too, though, because now. It's either he's going to fight Dominic Cruz or he's going to fight Henry that just won the... Uh, Cejudo. Cejudo, yeah. yeah. So um, that would be, like, interesting. But uh, I'd like to see him fight Dominic Cruz again and see how, they, how that plays out this time around, you know. I have a fight question for you. The first time that you got into the ring for a professional fight, mm-hmm. what is that feeling like? Uh, professional fight? No, it wasn't too much different than my first, like any other fight except for my first fight was with the Bellator so right. that was a little different I thought that it was a big stage that I had to go out there and like really show my skills and make sure that nothing bad happened you know like where I I don't no one wants to get knocked out or get like you know get put in a bad position so right in that fight I I really did like make sure that I controlled the whole fight the whole way um granted that I had multiple opponent, opponents drop out before the fight 
like even a guy that I fought here locally um, and beat him for a championship in lightweight and amateur, uh, he had he had an opportunity to fight me on that card and uh, get some redemption, and he uh, he dropped out like the day before weigh-ins. Damn. So had to find me someone the day before. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be like a massive problem with MMA. It's just like fights get canceled 48 hours, 24 hours And it's beforehand. mostly because of people getting injured, right? Injured or they're Not scared or they just don't think they can do it, you know. Fuck. Especially that guy that dropped out. Dude, if I prepare <laughs> for like months to fight you and then the day before the weigh-in you drop out, I'm, I gotta do. I gotta take a shit on your doorstep or something. Like, there's gotta be some repercussion for that. Uh, when people like that, like especially if I know you and I fought you before, I might have had respect for you then after our fight, our first fight. But I don't have any respect for you anymore because all you are is shit talker and you don't follow through with what you want. You know, it's poop again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing well, but shit. Called the shit. Poop. What's the strong point of your game? What are you best at in the ring? Uh, man, tell you the truth, I'm a wrestler. So yeah. <laughs> I wrestle, I take it to the ground a lot. And if you notice a lot of my fights, I never really try to finish them because I like to put punishment on people. So Yeah. Uh, I, like, <laughs> I did see uh, yeah. your big fans. A little dark, man. Yeah. <laughs> big ground and pound guy. Yeah, I've had guys not make weight. So whenever they don't make weight, there's no reason to knock them out or hurt, like take them out of the fight. So you just punish them. <laughs> take them to the ground and make them, you know, live it. This is why I didn't become a fighter. It's the only reason. I didn't want to get punished. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why. That's why. I have the bill. That's the only reason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you mentioned earlier, Cejudo beat uh, Mighty Mouse. Mm -hmm. 11 consecutive title fights that he defended. Hey, guess who I bet on in that one? Guess. Guess. You went minus 400. I bet on Mighty Mouse. I I put a massive (laughs) amount of money on a dude to win not very much money. No. And I never do that, dude. Like, I never go with a heavy favorite. Like, it's pretty rare. It's just not as much fun to throw down, like, 400 bucks to win 100 bucks. It's just... You're you're nervous the whole time. Yeah, I mean he, that one. I got nervous halfway through the first round. I was like, "Oh no!" He defended his belt eleven straight times. Uh, do you see that as kind of like an untouchable record now, like in the modern MMA game? Like eleven, it 11 might straight be maybe in the, in the lower divisions. I feel like it's different for lightweight, right? Yeah. Like the higher you get, the harder it is to like. Yeah, because when the heavier you start getting, the harder people to hit. Yeah. <laughs> so it don't and matter all it how, takes is one yeah. shot. Yeah. Look at the heavyweights. Look at uh, what was it, Derek Lewis and uh, Nwagu, whatever how you say his name. Uh, Francis. Yeah. Francis. Uh, those guys didn't even want to hit each other because they knew what would happen. So <laughs> that was so yeah. fucking boring. Yeah. That was the worst fight. Oh my god! I think Joe Rogan called it like the worst heavyweight fight. He did. Yeah, he was very upset. Very upset. Yeah. Michael, you missed the bell, man. You did. Not even paying attention. Well, there it is. He's any, very, he's shook, obviously. Sean, anytime we yeah. mention uh, Joe Rogan or the Joe Rogan podcast, please, please do please it a lot. stop saying it. Micah please. rings the bell. Oh, okay. Oh, it's an idiotic tradition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's idiotic. I, I thought it was time to get in the middle of the, no. on the table. Please. No. What's going on, guys? Sean gets triggered every time he hears a bell. Fuck. Yeah, that was awful. August 31st. Perhaps the biggest exhibition of your professional career. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you see it going down? Uh, I feel like Michael's going to sit there and do his bang Muay Thai. And he's going to try and bang me with bang Muay Thai. He wants to bang. What yeah. does that mean? He does want to bang. I don't know the, the vernacular very well. What does that mean? <laughs> bang Muay Thai? I mean, just uh, Dwayne bang Louie. Uh, he, uh, he comes with his own type of uh, system of striking where you go orthodox, okay. unorthodox stances and... Uh, a system of combinations. So, so the guy's name that's did Dwayne uh, Ludwig. 
Is it his like, nickname was Bang or they just, yeah, why is it called Bang? I think is it like tight, Goofy Foot Skating? That's a tight ass nickname. <laughs> can look that way. You'll see me Fuck doing yeah. that a lot. Um, <laughs> I thought that was a joke this whole time. He kept saying Bang. I thought it was a joke. It actually is called Bang Muay Thai. I, I thought he was meaning uh, Bang Muay Thai. You hope he means that, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of Ludwig now. Okay. Uh, you should watch some of his videos. Uh, Dwayne was top. Back in the day, yeah, you know, one of the best strikers. Early two thousands, it looks yeah. like. Michael, I don't want you to get hurt, man. Other nickname for I worry about for you. Dwayne is the Snake Charmer. <laughs> That's tight. Too. I love fighting nicknames, man. They're the best. Like the Wild Man is a great nickname too. That's these are. That's from a partying yeah. days. Yeah, <laughs> we also. I mean, we had the Battle Toad in studio. Yeah, Michael Hunter. So, so what's this Johnny Dallas? Johnny Dallas. <laughs> oh, that's his alter ego. That has nothing to do with fighting. That's just. So, Micah... Do you even need that explained? It's just like another layer on the douche cake at this point. Micah has, like... He just becomes electric in certain environments. He has a... He's an entertainer. He has a lot of swagger. He becomes a wrestling This dude, I don't... You haven't spent as much time around him as we have. Uh, It took us a while to appreciate who Micah really is. But the dude's got a lot of swagger and a lot of confidence. And Johnny Dallas is... uh, Kind of embodies that side of Micah. The charisma. Does that, does that explain it well? I guess it does. Sort of. For those of you who aren't from Texas, if you're not familiar, Dallas tends to be labeled like the douchiest city in the state from a like $30,000 millionaire perspective. <laughs> Perhaps America. Doubtful. <laughs> no. Very doubtful. Yeah, I mean, but I... No, no, not in America, but... In Texas. In Texas, for sure. And uh, it's just kind of a different vibe. It's more of like a money vibe than anywhere else in the state. And Micah apparently embraces that when he's in Dallas. And he has some Johnny Dallas persona that comes out. It can't be explained. But I need to know more. Micah doesn't even have a microphone, so I'm going to get you guys to explain it. What the fuck is a battle to? How did I miss this when I was a little kid? I never played the game. It's a video game, right? I'm not familiar with it. <clears throat> it's a video game, and the, the characters are battle toads, and that they are built similar to how Micah is built. Yeah. It's it's not really complicated. Okay. Uh, There's not much to it. Are you, are you looking at a picture of one? Yeah, I just pulled them up. Um, and then the internet went down, so now I can't see. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <coughs> I see it. The point is heavier up top. Yeah. <laughs> That's the... Okay. I see, got my it. biggest concern for this is Micah, his only advantage is weight, which he's cutting. So when we first pitched this this idea this for the uh, the exhibition or whatever... It was supposed to be like a guy that was much bigger versus a a smaller fighter. Well, yeah, Sean gonna, is not a small man. Were you aware of the first guy no. we had pitched for this no, uh, exhibition? Well, his, name is, like, his name is Blake. Two sixty five or something like. He's that. about two sixty. He's, he's a big wow. dude. And I thought he was supposed to fight a guy that was going to be like one forty five. I would have done it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but so, similar to Micah, this guy didn't have any fighting experience at all yeah. either. But let's just put it out there. You are one like one eighty five. One eighty five ish. Yeah. Yeah, and you're you're taller than Micah. You have you have the reach on him. You have a just bit. I don't about, know about every the hair, but advantage. I do have a little bit. <laughs> he might got me on the on the poofiness there. Yeah. A volume. Um, but yeah. Micah, you look great, man. But I bench press three fifteen. Micah says that deadlift. Four thirty-five. So that's it, man. That's it. Four four thirty-five. Dan. Dan, you're on steroids. It's not the same. <laughs> it's cheating. That's right. The, the uh, Nate Diaz, uh, the Diaz brothers said it right. Everyone's on steroids. Yeah. The <laughs> the experience uh, differentiation here is quite clear. Dan, it is. Micah never having done this before. Sean having fought. Micah didn't even wrestle in like middle school. No, I don't think there's any explanation for where this idea came from on Micah's end no. it's just 
suicidal is what it is. But I mean, credit to him. Mike, what are you? Oh, you weighing sure. like what two two ten right now? Big balls. Two. Yes. Mike, is it two ten? I can help you get another fifteen pounds off. <laughs> so can I? Look, your opponent's offering to help you. I'm uh, offering to smoke crack. Some cutting you. some cutting techniques. See, I think whole, Micah's strategy should be put on as much weight as he can, whether it's good or bad, and then just kind of lay on you. <laughs> you just wanted to just eat. So, but the big thing about this, we still, um, when we grapple, we're starting standing, so you gotta right. oh, yeah. end up laying on me somehow. Just belly flop, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just j- jump and spread out and pray. Uh-huh. I used to do that in MMA club at UFC or uh, UCF. Uh-huh. I, I didn't know what I was doing really, so I, but I could overpower people, so I would just kind of like put them on the ground and then just lay on them <laughs> until like the instructor you told me, all right, you can get up. Bear hug. Did, I, did I hear you say you train with Team Alpha Male? Yeah. So do you know our boy Sage? Sage, yes, I do. Sage is tight. That's our, that's our homeboy. Yeah. I like Sage. He's a really good guy. Uh, Super nice dude. I like his messages after every fight. He like, you know, uses the platform to talk to people and get you know a point across versus, you know, talking about yeah. themselves himself he's know. he's just so pure you he's know? the most ridiculously positive individual on the face <laughs> of the earth he gets yeah he beats someone's ass and he's like hey let's stay positive guys like man sage you're just too good for this world he hates apples though but at Rips one point yeah. uh, when we were coming up uh, he was in amateur rankings too he's one person i was looking at for a while because it, here in texas you fight each other so we're both lightweights yeah you're about the same size yeah and but um he went. He went on to do bigger and better things quicker. Uh, but uh, now, when I'm out there training with them and meeting them, dude, it was like kind of like humbling and no, like to notice that someone's actually that way all the time. Yeah, it wasn't just. A, it wasn't like a show like, front. That's, yeah, we, that, that's the thing that's fucked up about him. Like the first time you see a video or whatever, you're like, okay, this dude's putting on a show. Like this can't be how he actually acts. No, it's it never stops. No, the well, show he's always ends. like that. We had him. We actually interviewed him. We another podcast we do here called Touching Base. We interviewed him. Uh, when they were in town for one of the you know UFC events, mm-hmm. and the dude is just like that all the time. Right. Before he even started recording, he's like, "What's up, guys?" And he was just like, "It's <laughs> fucking exhausting. Yeah, well, I can't it, even yeah. be positive for ten minutes, man." <laughs> no. What's that say about us, though? Like as a society, that we just immediately assume he's a bad person, and he, that's not funny. a bad person. No, but just well, turning just turning just on like the extra trade. gear of of being a nice guy for the cameras. Yeah, but we we assume that it's phony. Kind of like same thing with because JJ no Watt. one's like that. It is yeah. suspicious as fuck. No one's like that. Nobody is that happy and positive, man. Nobody. Love and it's, Sage. Dude, it's like, at first it's kind of funny, then it gets annoying, and then you love it. Like, he, and you're like, he kills oh, man, you this guy's just great. It's fucking amazing. No, I'm serious. It's like, the first time I watched that dude after a fight, like his interview or whatever, I was like, this isn't going to work. Nobody's going to like this <laughs> long term. It's going to get really, really old. But it didn't. It got really endearing. It's is he like weird. Andrew Luck when you fight him? Where he, if you hit him, he's like, "Oh, nice hit, man!" Like, <laughs> he just compliments you throughout. Uh, yeah, great jab. <laughs> he, he's a he's a good teammate and a good training partner. Uh, like like I said, like he's genuine with who he is, and hopefully, I hope he never changes. Like because yeah, he brings a better light to the sport. He can't change now. It would just be weird. You need the positivity in the world. He's like the one last shining beacon of positivity we have. <laughs> Just a I'm random UFC child. fighter. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a fucking Street Fighter character. Uh-huh. I think he should have been Drago's son. I know, movie. right? Yeah, why didn't they give that to him? Probably because he can't act. Probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Drago didn't need to act either. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Just one-liners. Yeah, I just think Sage would have just... Yeah, but could they you imagine... Like, all right, rolling, stop smiling. And he couldn't do it. <laughs> could you, you imagine, I mean? like, Sage saying, if he dies, he dies? Like, nah. Mm-hmm. Nah, he can't... Well, with a smile on his face, sure. <laughs> that might be scarier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you want to 
learn more information about the uh, the exhibition, go to onit.com slash chump. Once again, that's onit.com slash chump. Exhibition. Uh, we have two two videos up right now with uh, Mike yep. and Sean. A couple Episode more on one. the way, probably. Episode two. One more coming Monday. Both available. New ones coming Monday. Episode three. A little gift exchange. They're very funny. Yeah. <laughs> the episode three has a gift exchange. That might be episode four. Well, it could be three. Coming up some point, there's, gift there's exchange. That's, That's fantastic. That sounds exciting. That sounds like a good tradition. Yeah, we have some more podcasting we're going to do. We're going to, I think, recording live from the actual exhibition. Which is August 31st. August 31st. If you're in Austin. A lot Austin, of fun stuff coming up. You can, you can, buy you can actually buy tickets yeah. on it.com on it. slash chump. slash chump. It's got all the information on there, all the videos, the link to buy tickets. That's where you'll watch the live stream if you want to watch it from whatever location you're in. It uh, looks like there's four, four episodes total of the videos. Maybe four or five. Maybe more. Um, but two available right now, both very funny. The second one features Micah's gr- girlfriend uh, really piling it on. She's, uh, She's a star. She did good. She did what well. Everybody's yeah. done really well. The videos are fantastic. They're very funny. But yeah, that on it, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash chump. Yeah. Well, Sean, Sean, I guess that's about it. Thanks for coming on, man. Please don't kill our producer. We need him. I won't kill him. But I will say this. If anybody wants to come out to the gym and check it out during this time, and uh, you might catch Micah, you know, training, me training or anything like that, and you want to get some information about it there at the gym, it's at 4401 Friedrich Lane, Suite 302. All right? Sweet. Austin, Texas, baby. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, where can we follow you on social media? Oh, my social security number. I was like, no, Micah. <laughs> 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 yeah, Micah's in this for the long game. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Sean B on it, and that's S E A N letter B O O O N N I T. That's Sean B on it, not Sean Bonnet. All right, but that's why you remember it. That's why you remember it. Cool. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. We appreciate you. Yeah, man. We appreciate it. Good luck. We look. We look forward to seeing more. Yes, sir. All right, let's toss to a break. Hey, this is Ross Boland, and my new show with producer Micah called The Ross Boland Podcast is available now on iTunes. Search for The Ross Boland Podcast, subscribe, check it out. We've got segments like Houston Rap Song of the Week, Stuff to Wikipedia When You're High, Animal of the Week, and tons of other random topics. The Ross Boland Podcast is available on iTunes now. And we're back. Electric. That was fucking electric, that was wasn't great. it? Yeah. Man. Sean the Wild Man Clements. Very calm for a wild man. I expected the wild man to be a little bit more. Very wild. collected, yeah. Yeah, I was didn't live you know. up to the billing. Of I'm, a wild I'm man. actually wearing a cup. I came into the studio with a cup on because I was concerned. Turns out that was unnecessary. I imagine he lives up to that moniker in the ring more so than at the. He did say once podcast he flips that switch. Yeah, I'm concerned. He Mike. also said that I'm he very uh, concerned for you. He got that reput- He got that nickname back in his partying days. Yeah. And I was trying to think, like, what do you have to do when you're partying to get people to call you the wild man? And I don't know, and I don't want to know, really. No one ever called me that. No one ever called me that, and I've done fucked up shit. Yeah, which you did. Is, you got... I've done some things, and yeah. nobody ever called me the wild man. So I don't know what it takes. Maybe a corpse. I don't know. Sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, let's get into college football. Uh <laughs> We have 13 North Carolina players who will receive uh, four-game suspension, or nine of them will receive four-game suspensions after selling team-issued UNC retro Air Jordan 3s in January to a local business for as much as 2500 bucks. This is fucking favorite sports story of the year. <laughs> Defensive ends uh, Malik Carney and uh, Tom and Fox 
who were among the nine players, will serve four-game suspensions. Uh, Carney led the team in sacks last year and tackles for loss. So these are legitimately good players. Yeah, sophomore quarterback Chaz Surratt, uh, or Surratt. So the retro Air Jordan 3s, or they have like the UNC powder blue, right? Yes. And what, then what these, else? these were made specifically, what makes these were made specifically yeah. for the school, for the players. For there the was team. 175 pairs being made for UNC players and staff. So it's a one-off design. Yes. Has special features that the other shoe does not have. Okay. Has the big UNC logo on the tongue. It they're they're what do you so say? The secondary market the people buying these would have to be, you know, UNC guys. For no. You don't have to be a UNC no. guy. That's the beauty of it. Sneakerheads don't give a fuck about nope. the logo thing. That's, that's do you want to know how much these rarity. We're going on flight cup or uh, flight, flight club, club for? Yeah. Fight club. Flight club. Flight club. Flight club. Twelve thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, it's fucked up. The shoe game is crazy. What? Like I don't get it. You're a sneakerhead. I am. Like I have a lot of shoes. Obviously, I can't afford the twelve thousand dollar UNC Jordan threes or whatever these are. But I, and honestly, I don't think I would spend that. I don't think I would. Even how, if I had that much, kind of money. How much for just the retro Air Jordan threes without the UNC flavor to it? I don't know, man, off the top of my head. But the the fact that okay, first of all, they should have seen this coming. You know, you can't give a bunch of college kids rare Jordans and expect them not to I'm gonna, go I'm going to take the other side of this. You go to North Carolina and you're giving away your Jordans? That's, that's an not issue. Not giving away, dude. That's go a to lot of money. Dude, okay. If that's a lot kids, of money, dude. No, no, no. these kids are fucking broke. Yeah. I know. I get that. But, like, you're a North Carolina player and you go to Jordan school and you're giving away Jordans? Okay. I feel like, I'm not okay. saying it's not a little fucked up. Because it I'm is a little team, fucked up. If I'm on this team and we are issued these shoes, I'm like, oh, these are tight. If my... Teammates come up to me like, "Yo, a few of us are selling these things. I think we can get you know thousands of dollars. Uh, you want in? Like, fuck, maybe. I don't know. Well, That's I would. Of, I mean, yeah. Obviously, if you're objectively twenty five hundred bucks and a little four week vacation, here's what, suspension. Here's yeah, what I'm taking that every yeah, time. There's not. That's not a vacation. That's not how they look at it. it. Here's what I'm saying. The coaches should have been like, "Yo, I realize these are tight. Uh, you're probably gonna have the opportunity to to sell some of the things that you're given as an as a result of this being where Michael Jordan went to school." And you guys getting some special shit like these rare shoes, just be, at least like caution, uh, caution. I don't know. They, 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 you know what? They probably did do something like that. Like, here's, don't fucking sell okay, these. Okay, here's my other part. My other argument, I guess, is what for real? The NCAA spent time and money investigating these dudes okay. slanging shoes. Did they take that this, this was this was self-reported by UNC. <laughs> So like Larry Fedora, that's and so the, fucking the stupid, UNC dude. That's so fucking stupid. Why wouldn't you just it. bury it? Well, they're coming off. I mean, this is the same org or uh, same school that just got caught making up classes. Yeah, they have they had fake classes for football and basketball players. They have a history, and they had nothing. Nothing happened because of that. This, I feel like this is a makeup call. That's actually genius. It, what, what I'm hearing is that UNC is the most savvy school in the United States that's just being punished for it. None of these kids go to class anywhere. Why not just make up fake classes? It's much easier. You don't even have to pay a teacher to fucking I didn't, teach I didn't the come class. To play school. Yeah, I didn't come to play school either, and I understand that vibe. I came to play. Uh, I'm not gonna say that, but the I was gonna say pussy, but the uh, <laughs> the point here is this is hilarious. And oh, that's great. Rockets noted sneakerhead like Raleigh probably, native, probably the biggest sneakerhead in the NBA. PJ Tucker. Purchased a pair of these shoes and immediately after all this news broke, he put up a gram 
of him wearing like first of all some short shorts, uh, a lot of thighs. My point, and then he's got the shoes on, and the caption reads, "Hold on, I'm pulling it up. What's all the fuss about?" Shrug emoji. And the only way he could have possibly gotten these fucking shoes is for purchasing them from one of those 125 pairs or whatever that were issued. So he probably bought them either straight from a player or from the place that the players sold them to. They sold them to a local business and the local business kind of flipped them. And I, th- I've, I heard that like PJ Tucker and Isaiah Thomas bought a pair too. He was seen at a WNBA game rocking a pair on no the sidelines. Shit. Yeah. Uh, That's hilarious. Apparently it was a, a selling point that like quarterback like Chess or at. The, those were his shoes. That was okay. like a selling point. Oh, that makes sense. So it was even like you could have bought a specific dude off the team's shoes. That's yeah. fucking. Do they have their numbers embroidered on them or something? I, I wonder if they do. That wouldn't know. shock me. Like maybe. maybe on the inside or something. Yeah. But the uh, the fact that PJ ended up with a pair and Isaiah Thomas. That's hilarious too. The, and they're just putting them up on Instagram. Like ah. ah, ah. The, every the other thing you have to remember: all these guys want to stick it to the NCAA whenever get, they get the chance, right? especially the dudes that have already graduated on to be professionals and they have nothing to lose. He didn't give a fuck. P.J. Tucker went to UT. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't care about <laughs> UNC. He's from Raleigh, though. So. Yes, I know that. But I'm just saying, like, when it comes down to it, he's probably. not concerned with, like, UNC getting sanctions or any of the players. I mean, oh, he doesn't give a shit. He's just trying to rock these fucking shoes. I guarantee you he plays a game in them next That's year, That's the too. thing, though. If they hit the gram, uh, if, if P.J. Tucker puts him on Instagram, right. that's going to... A lot of red flags go up immediately. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, where did you get these, dude? <laughs> yeah. Well, he did it after the fact. Like they, they yeah, got I know, busted, but, and then I he mean, put it up. But if it's someone still buys twelve thousand dollars shoes, they're going to be proud of them, and they're going to hit social media for real. Yeah. No, absolutely. It, it just this is the best. Usually, the scandals in college football, especially, are, are dark or depressing. This is actually just awesome. This is great. First of all, I get it. These kids aren't getting paid. A lot of them are broke, like Dylan said. They're getting, dude, they're getting 20, stipends now. If, dude, I'm a grown-up with, with like an adult job and a salary. Well, I don't know if it's an adult job. But if, I was, if you told me, like, hey, Ross, those shoes you just got for free, you could slang those for $2,500 right now. Very tempting. Even if they're my favorite shoes, I'm like, dude, $2,500 is a lot of money. Yeah. You could buy like four pairs of shoes and then put fifteen hundred bucks in the bank or something. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a lot yeah, of money. Think of all the shoes you could buy with twenty five hundred bucks. That's a lot of money, man. And if you're broke and if you grew up broke, especially like twenty five hundred dollars, fuck you, man. I'm selling these fucking shoes. Four games suspension my ass. Like And it's just funny that at the end of the day, the the, the person who suffers the most is the school's football. They're gonna lose games because of this. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're punishing yourself. Thirteen players, thirteen man. guys. They're gonna stagger the suspensions because of safety issues. Like there's because it's of, like most of the team. Because they have a bunch of DNs that are getting suspended, so they can't suspend all the DNs for a game. Why? Because then they the, wouldn't have DNs. They won't have a pass rush. Yeah, they won't have enough guys to like have backups in case somebody gets injured. That's the also great thing about these sports suspensions and stuff. It's like, well, we want to enforce this rule and do a proper punishment, but also. Let's do it in a way that affects the team as little as possible by spacing them out so that they can actually play well. Come on. No, no. What are we doing It's here? more of the NCAA trying to give off this facade that we care about the players. Like, oh, yeah, we're concerned about the safety oh, issues. so stupid. Yeah, it's dumb. I've just, at some point, <laughs> some, one of these scandals, obviously it's not this one, but one of these scandals eventually is going to break the dam. And this whole thing is going to come fucking spilling apart. And it's going to be glorious. And 30 for 30 is going to be dope as shit. It's going to be like five hours long in order to cover the scandal. But something, inevitably, I think in our lifetime, I hope in our lifetime, is going to crumble this whole system. 
It has to. It ends how? With players getting I don't know. compensation? Somehow. There will be a big deal. Or like a free market of, hey, you can earn as much as you want, however you want. I don't know. But it has to crumble at some point. And I think it like clearly it's not going to be the NCAA that says, we want to take a step forward and change things for the better. Here's the new setup. That's not going to happen. It's going to have to be something that's so bad and illegal that the NCAA has no choice but to ratify their entire system, and it's going to be fucking awesome. And we lost uh, the football, the video game, NCAA, because of I know. all and, this and, shit. And players got like checks for like 100 bucks. Too much has been lost. No, I think they got... It wasn't really They got that. decently was, paid. The class action lawsuit, I feel like they got really small. Our friend uh, Intern Klein got paid because of that. Shut the fuck up. I swear. <laughs> I, I forgot First how much days he got Rice. paid. Yeah, because he played football at Rice. Oh my was he God. featured in the game? Yeah, he was on the game. I think he was like a 54 in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, that's fucked up. I don't up. know what you were rated. That's fucked up. <laughs> 54. But that's funny. We should find out. I'm going to text 30 him. speed. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking funny. at these checks. Some people got like 1148 bucks and shit, man. It's like not even worth it, really. Dude, I don't know. So, the maximum number was $7,622. The lowest number that other players uh, received, 58 bucks. <laughs> 58 bucks. So you get the largest checks were given to the guys who played five years and were featured in more recent games. Uh, plus players on legacy teams who appeared in multiple years. So obviously, like guys who didn't appear, your your payout was based on your years in the league. Okay, years, how many video games you were featured in. What, what's a, I mean, I missed some of that. What was the high end pay? The high end was seven thousand six hundred twenty-two dollars. Okay, that's a solid and then, chunk of change. And then yeah. the low end was fifty-eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine getting a check in the mail for fifty-eight bucks? I'm hoping Klein got fifty-eight. I really hope he did. You know he did. Out. He has the, to have. The text has been sent. I asked him what he was rated. Yeah. The. Uh, <laughs> First of all, that's very cool for everybody who was actually in it. But they, how have they not? That's the amazing thing. This shit has been a problem since we were little kids, and they still haven't figured it out. We can't even have video games anymore. Like somebody needs to fucking get this shit together. This feels like we're dealing with a Stone Age problem. Fix it, somebody, please. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was funny that like UNC players are the ones slinging Jordan shoes. <laughs> it is it's like you go. It is half funny. the reason you go to UNC is because. Fucking Michael but Jordan. that also tells you how little, when it comes down to it, the legacy of the school, all of the bullshit that they would probably pitch you on when you're going to UNC to play football or any other sport, that Michael Jordan went there, that this university is a special place, you're going to carry it with you for the rest of your life. Nobody buys any of that bullshit. These dudes show up, they get free shoes, and they fucking sell them. That's hilarious to me. I love anything that tears down... The facade of big university and how much it does for everybody <laughs> is great. What do you say? Okay, so Klein responded. So okay, so Klein is uh he played football at Rice. Mm -hmm. He's uh, Caucasian. He's a white. He was a white wide receiver. Yes, he's still white, but he was a wide receiver. Uh, oh, so he's not. He's not good. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Okay, this surprises me. He was in the 70s. Uh, his speed was 69. <laughs> he had 92 catch skills. Nice. Though. 92, 92 catch on catching ability. So Solely good just because he was white. Yeah, not fast, not swift of foot, but uh, <laughs> oh, he he was a ninety nine on perimeter blocking. That's as good as it gets. Wow, <laughs> wow. that's actually fucking weird. That's a huge compliment. So, how do you a they, force in the run game? Sounds how, like the guys at Tipperoon didn't do the research. How did they even go about rating a guy like Klein? Would they have to go to practice or some shit? Like I have no idea. 
Huh. That's know, a great question. I know in Madden they have like guys that go to training camp. I know like, that shit's funny. Here's what I think they do. Like, okay, Rice is is not very good this year, so let's give them an overall rating of whatever, and then let's just fill in the players' abilities to support that rating. No way. They have like a few stars on the team. Okay, this guy's fast. Impact let's give them like maybe a they're more maybe they're more specific like, on those guys. Yeah, gotcha. You and then know everybody what I'm else is just so they're not going down. They're not going down like the third line fucking no. wide receivers no. and individually rating them based on their actual skill sets. They, they don't go to practice and sit there right. and scout these guys. Okay, because I was gonna say. I feel bad for the guy who was assigned Klein. They were like, hey, you, you got to go uh, rate this white rice wide receiver. He had long-ass hair in college, too. That's funny. Yeah. 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 Klein. Good dude, Klein. Oh, yeah. Good dude. Best. Yeah. No, Shouts. Then we have uh, a little bit more of a downer in uh, college football news. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so this broke last week after we recorded. Uh, Ohio State announced Urban Myers currently on a indefinite paid administrative leave until they finish their investigation, which will be completed in the next two weeks. Meyer said he handled a proper reporting uh, protocol for the incident in a statement he released Friday, kind of like a late Friday news dump, news dump at like 4 p.m. Uh, that also addressed when he lied at Big Ten Media Day about his knowledge of the situation. Courtney Smith, then wife of assistant coach Zach Smith, uh, says she told Shelly... Uh, Meyer in 2015 that her husband physically abused her. The exchange was shown in text messages that Brett McMurphy released on Facebook. Brett McMurphy is just dropping this news because he's not employed right now. He's just dropping it on his like 3,000 follower Facebook page. So he's That's just continuing to update the story. It's weird. Huh. And then ESPN didn't report the story that Brett McMurphy reported for like two days because like they fired him. So like he's reporting it on his Facebook on his fucking just going Facebook rogue page. And being a reporter. <laughs> uh, so uh, what does this all mean for Urban? Is he going to get fired or what's the deal? Well, as a faculty member, Shelly Meyer, uh, Urban wa- Urban's wife, was obligated to report the misconduct to school officials, as would Urban, if he knew anything about the situation. Uh, not doing so would violate the school's Title IX responsibilities. Uh, less than two months before Zach Smith was investigated in 2015 for domestic violence, uh, Shelly Meyer was featured speaker as a domestic violence awareness conference. So that's not a good look. Oh, fuck. Okay, what did Urban Meyer do wrong here, kids? He covered up domestic violence. Don't cover up domestic violence. It's pretty simple. If there's, if there's a protocol in place that your profession or if you see something, tell someone, isn't that the saying or something? Come on, man. How so, do you know? It's so weird, though. It's, so he's claiming that he followed protocol, though. Like he, After was, lying at Big Ten Media Day, saying he didn't know anything about it. Oh. So his story's changing. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's that what makes bon- more that's sense. What, that's what got him in trouble. He and, said, no, I don't know anything about it. I mean, this right. guy's a fucking, like, he's, a, I think, a wide receiver coach, right? Like, why, is he, why does he care about this man so much that he's that, going that, to bat Yeah, for that's him? kind of the part. Those guys are like, a, yeah, a dime he, a dozen. I don't he really was there it. at Florida. Like, he's the longest tenured coach under He Urban. was the only guy who had been with him the entire time. He'd been at Ohio State. He brought him from Florida. This is a longtime friend of his. Uh, and apparently, like, this guy's grandfather was one of Urban's, like, mentors. This it's, is a buddy situation, man. He didn't he didn't want to flame this guy. And he it came back and bit him in the ass. And the 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 answer to any situation like this, especially look, okay, first of all, we're a sports podcast. We're talking about the sports angle of this, right? Like not the obviously yeah. domestic violence is wrong. It obviously don't don't ever domestically abuse anyone, male or female or little guy. It 
that's wrong. You, that's a crime, a criminal offense. But like that's obvious. Yes, that's very obvious. It goes without saying. And we're still saying it just to be safe. So, that that being said, we're talking about the what what's going to happen sports ramifications of it, yeah. here. The the profe- the sports the collegiate ramifications. If if something like this happens, you you there is a way to get out in front of it. And only in the in the best manner possible, and it's always going to be the Andy Pettit solution. You just come clean, be like, "Yeah, I did that. It was wrong. I made a horrible mistake. Beg for forgiveness, and then try to move on." That's always going to be the best way. You're going to get caught if you do something serious and do something seriously illegal, especially if it involves abusing another human being. Just fucking cop to what you did. People are such pussies that there's always like everybody's so scared of the. The ramifications, the consequences of their mistake. Just own your mistake. It'll end much better for you. It, you yeah. cannot win. The you other try way. to cover you, it up. You cannot win. It's going to come out. Even if it doesn't come out, you don't think that's going to eat away at you? It does. It will. Trust me. There's no winning unless you, the truth will set you free. Is like the ultimate fucking saying here. Like just they should have owned this from the second it got out or had anything it the second it fucking happened he should have jumped out in front of it and there's no feeling bad for anybody involved in this situation urban meyer the other guy the the people you feel bad for are the victims of the dude who committed domestic abuse his wife or girlfriend or whoever the fuck but this situation is just trash in general yeah. it's the whole thing is trash through and through that the video footage of like the small group of protesters oh so monday afternoon 250 people gathered outside ohio stadium uh and with signs to show support for Urban Meyer. One side even read, Me too. I support Urban Meyer and the Buckeyes, O-H-I-O. It was a lot of very stupid people who don't understand the way society works. Including Zeke Elliott's dad. What a moron. Really? Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott's dad was there. Yeah, uh, that, that move was described as tone deaf, which I find to be extremely generous. That's not tone deaf. Yeah, That's straight up idiotic. Don't put... Sports over real life shit like this, no. people. That's a bad look for you. You look like a moron. Sports, Don't do it. Sports, at the end of the day, as important as they are to all of us, they're, it, it's a game. It's not. This isn't real. It's fun. It's, it's for, for fun. funsies. It is. It's there, for yeah, funsies. There's things. There's things much bigger than fucking yeah. sports. Yes. And now what? That's but that's people something, getting abused and it getting covered up by important people is because much of sports. More, that's what's that's important. fucked up. Yeah. Now. As a country, I mean, I, th- I have to imagine this is only a problem in America. For for whatever reason, we as a, as an American society decided somewhere like three or four generations ago, somewhere around like after World War II, that sports were the most important thing on earth, <laughs> right? Like we did, for yeah. real. It's, it's just something weird that happened in America. And there are people, particularly uneducated or unintelligent people, who think, the, the legitimately believe Urban Meyer and the football program are more important than potentially women being abused. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is not supposed to be funny, but it's kind of funny that people are that fucking stupid. That's, yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's not and necessarily a logical fan base at Ohio State. It's No fan base is logical. It's that's, true, the, that's the fucked up part of it is that this is legitimately where we're at now. We're, we still got people who are struggling with the concept of what's more important, domestic abuse victims or the football coach of my favorite team. That's sad. But on the other side of the coin, people who immediately try to like grab their pitchfork and like, all right, I mean, fire that man, fire that man, fire the man without actually the information that's coming out. That's not good either. That's the complete it's, opposite. That shouldn't happen Well, that's, that's the, the other end of the spectrum. It's fans of yes. other teams yeah. who think it's more important to get the football coach out than like find the truth. due process. Yes. Yeah. 
thank you. That's a very good point from both of you. And it's the same problem we have in politics, too. Both extremes are bad. Yeah. Either end of the spectrum, if you're on the extreme side, you're in the wrong spot. M- work your way towards the fucking middle a little bit for, for all of us one time. Just at least work your way towards it, for the love of God. I, I, uh, I'm i going to chime in. I, I feel like Ohio State fans are some of the worst fans in America, though. <laughs> like, their t-shirt fans are some of the scummiest douchebags of all. That's not because it's the fans, largest... Fans. Isn't it the largest state school in the country still? No, it's. I mean, it's, I, it's one of the biggest, if if not it's the like, biggest. They do wear jerseys. It's yeah. Ohio but they State, all wear jerseys. It's Arizona it's, State. It's but CCF. I also feel like everyone in Columbus, regardless of whether they have an Ohio State connection or not, are just scumbags, and uh, especially Ohio State fans. I feel like if this same thing happened at Texas or Texas State or Missouri or UCF, name your school, we wouldn't have a crowd of two hundred fifty people there. There might be a dozen mo- bozos out there with signs. But you won't have 250, including now. I don't know. I, I mean, would make the argument. I would make the argument that that is completely based on the size of the university, and that it's a it's a it's a sample size thing. And I think it has at to Alabama. Do, it'll be five thousand people. It, it has yeah. to do with. <laughs> yeah. It will. It honestly yeah. has to do with Urban Meyer just being a fucking awesome coach. It's him. He's. It goes Nick Saban, then it goes Urban Meyer. There's no two better coaches. And you mean that in from college a, football from a winning from a winning standpoint, yeah. like the guy building wins. a program, anything like Urban Meyer. Oh, yeah. is, it goes but Nick that Saban. Should it matter? It right. shouldn't. Is the, is the point? Yeah. But like it, in sports, we like to overlook things. Well, sure. Here's if, here's, he, if it's our guy, we'll overlook a I'll lot. I'll give my example. If something like this happened with Mike D'Antoni. This stupidest fucking tiny fraction of me down deep down inside would go, it can't be real. Defend Coach Mike. And then the re- the real actual me would be like, yo, this at the end of the day, I love Mike D'Antoni and I love the Rockets, but this is so not important compared to what actually took place. You got to take a step back, yeah. You have to look at it from a different lens, and people struggle with that big time. Like, what the fuck? fuck is Zeke Elliott's dad doing at this protest, dude? He has no business there. What the fuck? fuck? How did nobody say, dude? Why would you associate with this group? What a dumbass. Especially with, like, Ezekiel Elliott's past. Nothing has been a bigger red flag oh, about Zeke. Oh, I didn't think about, about that. About Zeke going for... No, that's... Yeah, obviously that's, that's the problem. It's just... I didn't think about that. Zeke Elliott should have been able to get in front of that because the, the fact Yo, is Pop, that... Yo, Pop, stay home, please. Well, the problem... This is the man that raised him. What does that say? His dad is so fucking stupid that he's showing up to a pro-Urban Meyer rally when his son, a professional uh, running back on arguably the most popular franchise in sports, certainly the most valuable franchise in sports, has had domestic abuse issues in the past, and he's showing up (laughs) to defend Urban Meyer? I mean... Tone deaf is right. It's unbelievable. You don't want to be on, like you said, either side of the extremes. You don't want to be these guys protesting. You don't want to be the guys calling for like urban meyer's job right now it's just like until all the information comes out let's let, let the inv- investigation like complete and then make a decision what's our there. prediction though is he gonna get canned no he's, he's gone. i think he's gonna get fired he's gone. i don't think there's a based on what we've seen so far i don't think there's any way they can argue it otherwise. just takes longer like uh when jim tressel was going through a similar mm-hmm. situation not not even I'll, I'll take that back it's not even he was going through a situation si- similar yeah. uh because it was just ohio state players who sold uh memorabilia for tattoos right you remember uh another yeah, example it took like two months for him to get canned or he resigned but it was essentially him forced it, it to be just resigned. depends on the what the allegations are what the process looks like for investigating it i don't think this one's going to take a full they don't need proof 
that Urban Meyer, the proof is already well, there, right? they have text messages. They already have what they, have, what they need. And, yeah. They don't need any further proof is what I mean to say. It's kind of over. Yeah. At this point, I think they just have to wait. All, they're probably waiting for all the lawyers to get all the ducks in a row legally, and then they pull the trigger and, and Urban will be gone. Kind of like figure out the finances with Urban getting bought out or something. Right. Yeah. It's not as if they're just sitting on their thumbs. There is probably work being done to officially make this thing happen. I think they need cause essentially because it's not texas it's not I a word they to write. have that the the text messages are caused but yeah they have to do, finish it's the, the legal yeah, yeah it's the sure. legal limbo that you have to do all the bureaucratic bullshit that comes with something like this but i just can't get over zeke elliott's fucking dad the cowboys I'm, i know dylan you're a big fan but that's it's just this type of shit is always on their fucking news cycle it's like yeah it's really annoying but yeah. enough enough yeah. about so yeah, that's you, that's college football news right now we got a little NBA news. Uh, Sweet. My beloved Sixers rookie Zaire Smith fractures his left foot in Las Vegas so during this a developmental your, camp. This is your first, <laughs> your first round pick? So since 2013, five of the Sixers' six top picks have had a major injury during the rookie season. Uh, 2013, Nerland's Noel tore his ACL. 2014, Joel Embiid broke his foot. 2016, Ben Simmons broke his foot. 2017, Markel Fultz broke his psyche. Uh, 2018, <laughs> Zaire Smith broke his foot. A lot of broken feet and psyche and psyche. Yeah, who knows if Markel ever recovers? What's he, what's where's he at? That's like the most interesting story nobody's talking. Can about. he hit a um, J again? Apparently, he's just hitting J. He's lights out right now. But that nobody's seen the jump. His jumper. He's working with uh, I forget the guy's name, but like a a guru, a shot guru. Oh, he's so fucked. Who's he's a so better J at this point, Markel or Ben Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say. They <laughs> <laughs> can't shoot for shit. Uh, ben, it, dude, Simmons still has. If Simmons pick. get hit a, a J, he will work on it. He will. He's no, one of those guys. I don't know. Dude, I don't know. Ben Ben just doesn't take them. But he you would see, he just didn't take a force. single three point shot. Is. Look, go back and watch. Like, and I'm in. I want to be clear about something. I'm in no way comparing Ben Simmons to LeBron James. But if you go back and look at LeBron's first couple years, he's come in the a league, long way with the J. His shot. But He's not the strongest part of his game. He wasn't afraid to take a three-pointer. No, ben but Simmons he was laying zero He was point. laying a lot of bricks, dude. He was Simmons doesn't need to score as much as LeBron I think did I saw when LeBron first Celtics came Celtics fans made a t-shirt that said uh take a three you coward. <laughs> okay, that's a good That's, that's a great a good shirt. fucking that's shirt. That's amazing. Did he take zero threes? Zero three. He hasn't taken a three since like high school. And that's it, pretty incredible. Or the threes he did take during the season were like half court heaves, like things that weren't real three point shots. I'm imagining like Daryl Morey watching Ben Simmons play basketball. Daryl Morey is the GM of the Rockets who basically only signs players if they'd agreed to shoot like X amount of three well, pointers in a you. season. He offered a contract to you. He did. I, dude, we forgot to bring that up last week. I, I think I signed with the Rockets like officially on Twitter. But it's legally binding. That's only because I told him I worked on corner threes for like two hours. Simmons doesn't do that. You didn't put in the work that I put in, you know? No. <laughs> what were we talking about with the Sixers? Oh, the Sixers just have this hurt. curse. Everybody just, just gets hurt. It's just part of the process at this point. It you is. get drafted. Trust you, it. You get hurt, <laughs> and then a couple years later, you win Rookie of the Year right. because it's the first time you've you ever fucking played. You redshirt a few years. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's no big deal. This is just what you guys do. Yeah. Uh, then, if you guys care, the Christmas uh, schedule came out. I care a lot about this. I do this not. I know you don't. Yeah. Some people do. So this go is, ahead. Let me explain this. NBA fans, uh, Christmas Day is a big deal because we have marquee games. They they make it a big deal every year to have special jerseys. It's the NBA's day. It is. We, we you know you 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 wake up, you open presents, you eat breakfast with your family, and then you start watching basketball games or whatever. And 
What are the matchups this year? I go Dan? play with my toys outside. Yeah. Did I get just Christmas bust out like the a toys? helicopter? RC yeah. helicopter. What, uh, what are the what are the matchups? Look up the matchups. Rockets right now. are playing the fucking Thunder. I know that. Which Rockets are playing the Thunder. Uh, Sixers are playing the Celtics. Uh, Bucks are playing. Let's look it up. Bucks. Yeah, Milwaukee's actually making an appearance on Christmas Day because of Giannis, obviously. Well, Rockets-Thunder will be fun because as of yesterday, the Rockets have gotten a verbal agreement officially from Carmelo Anthony. So that's actually done, um, which is pretty exciting to me just because I know I've said it before, but at this point, it's an arms race. And it's not just an arms race for scoring because nobody's going to outscore the fucking Warriors anyway. It's an arms race for star power. And entertainment value. Yeah. So and you get that out of having Melo on your team. Milwaukee is playing the Knicks because, you know, Knicks have to be featured no matter how bad they are. That's so, that's so, that's a bad decision. Lakers are playing the Warriors. And that's I great. I think the last game is Portland at Utah. Yeah. Also yeah. a good game. Yeah. Uh, but really nobody wants to watch the fucking Knicks play. That's a wasted slot. Giannis is awesome. I, I mean, can't, I'm trying to think of players. Well, Porzingis is he healthy? Kristaps will be back, I just, at least by Christmas Day. Dude, nobody gives a fuck about Kristaps. Nobody <laughs> cares about the Knicks. The Knicks are <sighs> the deadest. Well, the East is so bad that the Knicks might be able to feast, like in the, on the bad teams. They <sighs> might make the playoffs. They're not. They can make the playoffs. Sure, they can make the, the playoffs. East is really bad. <laughs> the Knicks are really bad too. Yeah. But yeah, what did you look up the Christmas Day schedule? We just we just said every game. Oh good. Yeah yeah. So it starts with Milwaukee at New York, uh, Celtics Sixers still to to be determined where the game's going to be. Uh, they haven't put that out yet. Then I believe it's uh, Rock or Lakers Warriors Rockets Thunder then uh, Portland Utah. It's going to so. be a weird. I love the the my favorite thing about the NBA. Last thing I'll say before we talk about something else for Dylan before he loses his mind. This has become my favorite thing about the modern NBA is the outrageous, dramatic changes that take place in every offseason. So where when the new season kicks off, there has been enough time that has passed for you to forget things like, oh my God, LeBron's on the Lakers now? Shit like that. And it's really fun. It's just the switch up is crazy. So like thinking about the fact that the Warriors and the Lakers are playing on Christmas. The Lakers, who last year were a fringe playoff team whose only relevancy revolved around Magic Johnson saying stupid things, or one of the players' fathers, LeVar Ball, saying stupid things. Okay, that was the only yeah. reason they were ever in the news. This now Christmas, they have the most popular the athlete start? in the fucking sport. What month? October. I never know. Late October. I'm not good with early the November. Uh, Preseason starts in like 52 days. Yeah. <laughs> but this Christmas season, we get to see LeBron choke out Lance Stevenson at some point. Okay, have you been seeing all the videos of Lance that get put up, like him putting in work? This is really, it's just, <laughs> he's wearing these weird pants and all of them. It's, well, he's a professional athlete. Yeah, he's going to be hitting, like, uncontested threes. Right? Yeah. That, okay, these videos are very stupid. They do the same thing with, like, uh, I can do LeBron that. and Chris Paul, or I'm sorry, uh, Harden and Chris Paul and Carmelo are, like, running drills against fucking no-name guys in Rucker Park or some shit. Of course they're destroying these randos. They're the best in the world at right. what they do. Like, what are you fucking kidding me? It's like if we, if you and I went and ran, uh, uh, if the three of us went and played pickup basketball, a bunch of kids, 15-year-olds, yeah. and we put video of it online to show how much ass we kick, people <laughs> well, would be like... 12-year-olds. Sure, 12 year old. 15 might be risky. Yeah, that might beat us. 12 year olds, and we're just kicking them to the dirt. I'll do that sometimes at Lifetime. I'll, I go, I'll be, go play some like teenagers at Lifetime and just back them down and muscle them. 
and just get get fucking buckets. See, that's weird. It's a, it's a good and like uh, we wouldn't ego put boost. that on social media and try to pretend that that's how hype. Like as a hype video, like damn, look how much work these dudes are putting in there, kicking ass. That's just not how it works. So those videos piss me off, for sure. Uh, this week we have the PGA Championship uh, from Bella Reeve Country Club in North St. Louis. Yeah, I didn't realize this, this was this week. Super fast. Came yeah, up I didn't us. either. Snuck up on us. What the hell? Yeah, it. Not enough time passed between this one and uh, the, the Open. This is an important tournament. It is last uh, major. the last major of the year, sir. So it's a soft golf course where long hitters should be able to feast, similar to last week at Firestone. Uh, apparently, greens are running slow or rough around the edges, so expect a lot of the pin locations to be uh, towards the center of the green. Dudes are going to go super low. Conditions uh, definitely favor DJ, JT, Rory, uh, Tony Fanu, uh, or Final. Uh, Brooks Kepka, Jason Day, and anyone that can pretty much mash the fuck out of the ball. Uh, the last nine PGA Championship winners have been first-time winners or Rory McIlroy. So, uh, who do you guys have? Who's your pick? Um, Ooh. let's go with. I hate picking DJ. DJ. Yeah, it's just so easy and lazy. I know. I know. But then again, is it weird that he only has one major still? Mm, Even though I he's mean, won, dude, I think, nineteen really. times on tour. Majors really hard. Four a year, man. It's really hard. Zach Johnson has two. Zach yeah. Johnson has more majors than DJ. Yeah, but that's all it takes. You go on a little run, you fucking just crush but it. At six the top years year. between, between Zach's. Yeah, he, he won, oh, I felt like they were he won like the, the Masters. Then six years period. later, he won the British. Okay, that's pretty good. But he gets no love. Yeah, I think with golf, what you have to do is like, all right, who do I feel like has the best chance here? Who's Fuck, I'm taking. I'm taking Finau, Tony. Tony. He's he. He's a good pick. He like, just never closes. Yeah, nah. that's true. He's gonna he's gonna lead after day one or day two. I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna do, do DJ. I don't have any shame. I don't care. I'll JT say might be able to run it back just because he won Firestone last week and he won the PGA Championship won the PGA last year. Last year, uh, I, I keep forgetting how rich fire. JT is now. He's very good at golf. He's very wealthy. It turns out. Yeah. yeah. Isn't this the one you get like 15 mil if you win or something? No, no, that's, that's, that's a, cup. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's uh, a good one to win. I want to. You want that? I'm gonna just go with my heart here. I want to see Ricky win. I'm gonna pick Ricky. Really? Okay. I th Ricky needs a major. God, he I does. Think this is the time. Like he, he's not known as like a super masher of the ball, but he can, he can drive it. Yeah, all the guys in his crew are starting to fill up, you know, the majors. Right. I think it's important to it's what Dylan just said. There's only four a year, and and yet we'll like look at a guy like Ricky and be like, how is it that he hasn't gotten a major yet? Like, it's come on, very, it's very really tough. difficult. He's one of players, which is essentially the fifth major. Yeah. Same kind of field. That was tight. That was a good. But that was a cool win. To see, to see, but Ricky he definitely needs to get one, just yeah, for bragging. For sure, yeah. Friends. No, I mean, and you you want to see the guys that are always at the top of the at the leaderboard, <clears throat> the guys that you like, you know, catch major W's, and uh, I, I'd like to see Ricky. Any of those three guys we just named would make me happy. I want to see Tony get one. I love the graphics they put up when that dude's out there driving, and and DJ is not in the tournament. It's always like Tony's ball is 120 yards out in front of everyone else's. With the guy he plays with, yeah. Yeah, there's like a white little dot. Well, the, and then they'll show where everyone else has landed on that on that fairway that day, and they're so fucking far back, it looks like a mistake, because he just crushes the ball. He's enormous. Uh, of course, we got Tiger back in the mix. Hopefully, he's there for Sunday. We have some hot pairings on Thursday too. They they love to do these super pairing groups now. Super, for every major, super pairings. they just put together like everybody that people want to see in one group. Man, that's what a creative and genius <laughs> concept they came up with there. It's shocking to me that this hasn't happened. I'm trying to figure always. out when Tiger tees off. Uh, so Woods, McElroy, and Thomas. That's a that's a power fucking Damn. group. 
They tee off uh, the first round at 9.23 on Thursday. Perfect. I'll say this. Uh, that's one of the bummers about golf. Eastern Standard Time, so 8.23 our time. Central. Coverage? Coverage, man. It's that, trash. That's an incredible grouping that the whole fucking world would like to watch, right? That we're going to have to watch on the fucking internet. You have to yeah. stream it. Anybody that's interested in sports is like, ooh, Tiger, JT, who was the other guy? Uh, McElroy. McElroy. Like, those, those are three very, very enormously popular golfers. Everybody would love to watch that. But it's at like 8 a.m. on a fucking Thursday. People have work and school and whatever else it is people do. Jobs and shit. It, you can't. You can't watch. I mean, I everyone's going to be that. streaming it. I can't fucking watch that. No, what if we had to come in here to record a podcast or something? It's like, that's true. We can't put it up on the screen. That's distracting as fuck. Joe Schmo, though, that works at like an accounting firm. Sure. He's going to be he's gonna be streaming that. I, but a lot of people, they miss. I'm just saying. It, it's detrimental. It's, I don't think there's a way around it. can't watch if you're working the docks. I'm not, yeah, exactly. You're breaking sheetrock. You're, you're not watching that. That's why it remains more of like an elitist fucking. Waterman Dan ain't going to be able to watch this. Exactly. Yeah. You're losing out on blue-collar America because nobody can watch this in the middle of the fucking day. There's some uh, breaking NCAA news. Ooh. Uh, yes. This is from Jeff Goodman. Players, a new uh, announce, NCAA announced it is implementing several new recommendations right now. Players can now, and this is for college men's college basketball, players can now be rep by agents. Agents must be certified by an NCAA program, and players can be eligible for the NBA draft and return to the school if they go undrafted. I like that. Pretty. That seems reasonable. That that is that is that Silver's doing? Cause Silver seems to make all the right decisions. It seems like some pressure. Wait, from say that. this again. So they, they can be ha- players can now have agents and still be eligible. Yeah. So once you hire an agent, and they can like they can right. uh, make themselves eligible for the draft. But if they go undrafted, they can come back. to Now school. this is Both. just basketball players. This yeah. For basketball. So beforehand, if you hired an agent, you were right, you, you were done. You forfeited all eligibility. But Which now is, again, idiot, your amateur status. Okay, Which is, cool. And, That's a good step. And it was it was it was bad because agents were just like fucking circling around these players, yeah. Like, and then doing illegal like shit to get their yeah. ears, yeah. No, that's a good step. That's a good step. What were we talking about? For sure, um, dude. The banana slut. Oh, sorry. We, we're fin- <laughs> <laughs> I oh, love no, getting smart. ahead of ourselves. <laughs> uh, so, like we mentioned earlier, on it. dot com. Uh, if you go to slash chump, you'll be able to catch up on all the exhibition uh, stuff that Mike has got going on. But Watch if you go to onit.com slash grandex, you can get a free trial of Alpha Brain. Uh, Alpha Brain is their nootropic. Makes you super clear and concise. Uh, makes you the best you you can be. You can save 10% on everything they sell too. Uh, food, supplements, apparel, the Onit 6 workout program uh, they have there too. Um, don't really need anything except uh, the ability to sit or stand somewhere. It's all you need for the Onnit Six program. Huge, low equipment, it. nothing. We're a big fan of the auto, the Onnit products. You don't have to pay Appreciate a whole bunch it. of money for a fucking trainer or a bunch of crazy equipment. You just need room to stretch. Yeah. Do Onnit Six and get no, your ass in shape. There's no promo code. You just go to Onnit.com/slash/grandex. Get ten percent off. Uh, new mood, uh, Alpha Brain. If you like the the free trial they give you, come on, fatty, let's go. Uh, their protein bars. They got a lot of good stuff. Make sure to check it out on it.com slash grandex. Fuck yeah. Let's get into uh mascot of the week. The best. Uh, this week we have the University of California, Santa Cruz. Sammy the banana slug. This dude, I love this shit. For many years, the banana slug served as the unofficial mascot for the UC Santa Cruz campus. The banana slug has been on my radar for a long time. What a fun ass mascot. Yeah, this slug. is a badass mascot. Looks like a video game character. 
It was said to represent many of the strongest elements of the campus, self-reflection, flexibility, non-aggressiveness, and perhaps, above all, <laughs> non-conformity towards the status quo. Okay. Oh, that, I'm gonna this need just you, got real soft. I'm going to need to stop. <laughs> uh, Dan, will you run that back? Will you, just, will you repeat everything you just said, please? Uh, it is said to represent the many, many of the strongest elements of the campus, self-reflection, uh, flexibility, non-aggressiveness, which is probably not what Holy you want in the mascot. Holy shit. And perhaps above all, non-conformity towards the status quo. That is the softest They're, thing yeah. I have ever heard. Non-conformity. <laughs> Self-reflection is your the own first. Person. They were like, all right, th- th- a bunch of people got around a table and they were like, all right, we need to come up with a mascot. Flexibility? For our university. What features, what characteristics do we see on our campus that are most important to us? And then somebody raised their hand and goes, you know the one that I see all the time? Self-reflection. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. And how does, it, how does a banana slug... Teach self-reflection. Is this a reflect... They, they, they spend a lot of time pondering the meaning of life, these banana slugs? <laughs> Staring into a puddle asking, I don't think anyone I? really knows is it, that. Is it supposed to humble you? Like, I'm, at the end of the day, a banana slug? When you think of more? a banana slug, you think of a self-reflection? You think of non-conformity? Oh, How could a banana slug conform <laughs> if it wanted to conform? How it's could it even go conform. about what it's like? It's not your typical mascot. I just... Uh, the banana slug is indigenous to the region and shares a symbiotic relationship with the California redwood that populates the scenic campus. In 1986, students demanded the slug be blessed with official mascot status. At the Tight. time, UC Santa Cruz had the sea lion as the official mascot in an effort to make the campus more mainstream. Dude, this, <laughs> this is the this is what I'm th- okay. People pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to school. At UC Santa Cruz, I assume, just like every other fucking college, total ripoff. And that's the type of shit these people are contemplating. Ooh, maybe if we become the SEAL, we'll be more mainstream. It'll be more accepted by... Do you say SEAL? Society. Sea uh, lion. lion, yeah. Sea lion? Sea lion, SEAL. You know, one of the things that I like about the banana slug is his gut. It's very relatable. Let's see. He has a, he has a tummy. A lot of self-reflection led to that. It's yeah. not like a big round teddy bear tummy that it's you're like, hee hee, that's a fat mascot. No, this is an actual gut like yeah. hanging out over his dick and balls. Like this is this banana slug is in terrible shape because <laughs> he's just been self-reflecting so much he hasn't been working out. Less self-reflection, Very flexible, more, more gym time. Yeah. <laughs> Very flexible. <laughs> Dude, that's a great explanation. I love that that they. It's just the softest reasoning for picking a mascot ever. Self-reflection, <laughs> non-conformity, unbelievable. Uh, students demanded this be changed. They produced T-shirts bearing the Fiat Slug logo, and the newly established Student Union Assembly prepared for a vote to see which mascot students preferred. The chancellor, in his infinite wisdom, refused to have the campus money spent on student vote. Students, however, would be not would not be deterred. They raised the money for the uh, the vote themselves and put on the election anyway. As it turned out, the banana slug bested the sea lion by a 15 to 1 ratio. Students received nationwide press as the word of the story spread. People Magazine and ESPN championed the cause by giving much press to the UCSC banana slug. ESPN called it the best nickname in all college basketball. Leaders of the pro slug movement even uh, appealed to late night host David Letterman. The chancellor caved to the pressure, and UC Santa Cruz banana slugs have never looked back. This is this is great. Uh, if you Google Sammy the banana slug, one of the images that pops up is a guy smoking a joint, 
in a banana slug uh, cut-off T-shirt. That's tight. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this guy just ripping a fucking banana. Oh, yeah. He's hitting that J hard. One of the other great things about this is the uh, the banana stand in Arrested Development. You can make reference to that. There's um, always money in it. There is always money in the banana stand. And if you remember, the banana stand, the song, Me, or Meet Me at the Big Yellow Joint or whatever, it looks like a big joint. Everything comes full circle. And here's this guy in a cut-off UC Santa Cruz banana slugs. After tea. a long day of self-reflection. After a long day of self-reflection, just ripping a uh, doink and getting faded. Oh, also of note, the movie Pulp Fiction. I was actually about to mention that. Yes. I knew that he wore the T-shirt after the, the murder. The, the incident. He accidentally blows a man's head off, which results in him and Jules, Jules and uh, whatever the other guy. Yeah, with a large caliber uh, revolver. Yeah, he explodes his brains all over the car, and they have to clean it up, so then they need new clothes. So Quentin Tarantino's racist ass sprays them down, and then he gives them clothes, and they look like dorks. Remember that? He says, look like a couple of dorks. Yeah. And John Travolta is wearing the UC Santa Cruz banana slugs tee. Where they're your clothes, asshole. John Travolta's <laughs> character is, uh, you'll remember him as Vincent Vega. Vincent Vega, there you go, Vincent and Jules. A good movie, a fucked up movie, but very a good, movie. good movie, incredible dude. movie. He, dude, Tarantino, weird as he may be, I don't know if he's a good person. There's, I'm a big Tarantino guy. He freaks me out a little bit. He's a psycho, but he has made there are a, a few of his movies that are something in my all of them are in my top fifteen. They're uh, Django, fa unbelievable, good, unbelievably good movie. That's Pulp a great Fiction, movie. Reservoir Dogs. Pulp Fiction. I'm not a huge Reservoir Dogs guy, but I get it. It's his first movie. Yeah. Uh, Inglorious Bastards. That one I think is his my favorite of his. It's so fucking good, dude. It's just unbelievably well done. It's incredibly entertaining. Kill Bill. I, it's not historically accurate. I don't like Kill Bill. Not a big Kill Bill guy. Hmm. Don't know why. Something really? about something about Kill Bill rubbed me the wrong way. And I like Kill Bill. It fucked me up. But Probably because your name is Bill. You didn't like the idea of you dying. Holy shit, that dude, that actually might be it. <laughs> like subconsciously, I'm adverse to the movie because I don't, alive. I don't want to die. Yeah. Grindhouse, he did that with uh, Austin's own Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, that, that was okay. I saw that in theaters. It was weird. I, you probably got to get high before you watch that one. I watched it sober. Just well, he's a. It. I mean, Tarantino's just like fucking chameleon. He just takes a genre and then he's a kind crazy of like person. satirizes it. He, he changed the history of World War II. To make it to where a bunch of Jewish soldiers murder the shit out of Hitler. It was fucking awesome. Shoot him like a billion times. Yeah, it's, it, Tarantino's version of history is way better than history itself. I agree. Where uh, Hitler actually uh, escapes and goes to Argentina. Yeah. Here's your Joe Rogan theory for the... Here, I'll, I'll got you. <laughs> I got to hit the bell. First time ever. No, that's my ancient alien theory. I've been watching too much of that. That's That's... Yeah, the Nazis have like a a base on Antarctica. Come on, Hitler's man. There, man. There's no Nazi base on Antarctica. It's I in agree. Argentina. Yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, that's the show. Uh, you can rate and subscribe and share our podcast on iTunes. Uh, obviously, rate us five stars if you can. Uh, leave a review. Oh, you can. can. Oh, they can. Oh, you can. And you will. And we very much appreciate that, uh, Ross. Where can they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at WR Bolin. I also have a comedy podcast called the Ross Bolin Podcast. I would appreciate it if you would uh, give it a give it a chance to make give you it giggle. A spin. Get some giggles. Yeah. Dylan, where can they follow you? Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at D Shivery. That's C H E V 
E-R-E-R-E. Let me plug a different podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm actually launching a podcast today. Wow. It is called The Mailbag. Today. And it should be a lot of fun. I'm going to have a revolving guest on it, and we're just going to basically answer questions from you guys. And it's based off a column series that I do on PGP, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Look for that on Grandex Labs on iTunes. Postgradproms.com. on Grandex Labs. Thank you very much. And you can follow me at Dan Regester on Instagram and Dan Regester, or Dan underscore Regester, R-E-G-E-S-T-E-R on Twitter. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>